Hi everyone. This is Zanga Zulu girl on another episode of Be the Love. I've taken a bit of time to record this episode because um our country announced a national lockdown. And like many of you, I was out there making sure that I have everything that I need during this period. But I also recognize that um, I had to deal with how I was feeling about the lockdown. In the first day of the lockdown, I woke up in my dark room and I almost had a panic attack because my mind was just telling me just how restricted i am going to be and it's only when i got out of my room i opened the door i opened the windows i got out of the house that i realized that i am here and that i can breathe and that it's all going to be okay So it's been weeks since the lockdown and um we've even had an extension. And I'm here just to reflect on what this period of being in the house has taught me. And I do so recognizing the privilege that I have to be in a house with a small back and front garden with a room that is only mine sharing a house with my son who also has his room with food and with money that i had that could allow me to go and get food and i still got my salary at the end of march so there is quite a lot to be grateful for But regardless of the situation that you are in, this period can bring about a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety and a lot of uncertainty. And those things money and food and clothes while they make things better, they don't take them away. So regardless of your social standing, you still have to grapple with yourself. So I reflect on what being at home has meant for me and how I have seen this as an opportunity to turn around my initial almost panic attack into something that I marvel and something that I appreciate. So firstly, I appreciate being home. I have lived in many, many houses. That's another story for another day. And a few hours before the lockdown, I moved into my home in Cape Town from the temporary one that I was living in. And this is the first time that I have spent so much time in a home now this is strange because if i look at my expenses my home is one of the most expensive things that i pay for 
But I do realize that before this lockdown, it was a place I went to, to sleep. But it was also a place where I accumulated things. There's books, there's furniture, there's a lot of uh, crockery and kitchen utensils, bedding. And in a lot of things, these were things. I don't remember sitting as much as I have on the chairs that I have spent so much money buying. I don't remember using some of the crockery that I have. I don't remember lying in bed and just enjoying the bedding that I have. I really do not remember enjoying my home, sitting in a bath, in the bathroom, without being it being a means to an end. So I must shower or I must bath because I'm going somewhere. Or I am sleeping because there is something to do tomorrow. Or I am sitting on this chair because I'm so tired from work and I have to watch something maybe sometimes while I eat. So I think the first thing that I am appreciating about this lockdown is just being in my house. I'm noticing books that I've not picked up to read. I get into my kitchen and I'm thinking a lot more consciously about what my son and I are going to eat. And in fact, initially I thought we were spending a lot on food. But when I analyze it, I used to buy food because there is something about me and the trauma of not having enough that really makes me go out there and buy a lot of food. But what I am aware of is that in the business of life, as much as I buy the food, I also spend a lot of time in restaurants or just buying that pizza because I am just so busy and I can't get home and cook. And I've seen a lot of that on social media. I've seen a lot of people posting the food that they make. Some are posting very traditional uh, food that we grew up on. You know, some are sharing recipes of foods that we really, really liked. And I've just looked at all of this with so much awe about how much this period of being at home at least for me, has just made me buy the food and then cook it. But I've also noticed that I am cooking for myself. How many of us, especially women, can cook and do cook, but many of us are doing it as service to others? Now, this cooking for myself became my own way of spending time with myself and taking care of myself. When I started my journey of self-care and weight loss, something that I will talk about in future episodes. But I do know that when I am really busy, and that had been the case since I have moved 
cities is that I haven't paid as much attention to cooking for myself and eating the food that I cook. And part of it has been because it looks as if in my new city, I don't wake up as early as I used to back where I used to live. And therefore that ritual of having that morning time where I can just cook was gone. So the busyness of the day where you just grab what is there and you only cook because somebody has got to do it, replaced my routine, which was a way of giving to myself. So one of the things that I'm really enjoying with this lockdown, which really for me is a blessing, is just cooking. And it doesn't have to be elaborate meals. It just has to be about taking time to do a creative activity because cooking, if it's not a chore, is very creative. But doing it for yourself. Yes, I do cook so that there's food for my son. But I realized that the amount of time that I put in thinking, what are we going to have? It's also about what is it that I would like to have? And because I'm not rushing anywhere, yes, there's meetings. We are meeting virtually, but because fundamentally I'm not rushing out. I am finding ways of cooking. I am finding ways of repurposing leftovers. I'm finding ways of just looking on um, YouTube and other platforms around how to make the best roast potatoes and making them. And even if I'm not having a lot, marveling at the thought of Googling it, finding it online, choosing a recipe, making the potatoes and really enjoying what I have done for myself. I've also joined other groups that have given me tools to really have rituals that I can practice that are holding me accountable. So my morning meditation continues to be an amazingly good time to center myself, to center my thoughts and just think and do prayer for myself. I feel that while when I started it was difficult to be silent and I still feel thoughts coming into my mind, I am more mindful about the present. I am more mindful that generally I'm an overthinker and that overthinking can even lead to sickness. I'm learning that I can observe my thoughts I can name my thoughts, I can observe my emotions and feelings, I can name them, 
And the one phrase that I have learned that is unbelievably useful is that I can then allow them to wash through me. So if I feel myself anxious, I can sit there and recognize the anxiety and let it wash through me. And once I am aware that in this moment I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling whatever feeling it is and I let it wash through me, it goes away. I just recognize it and it goes away. But the other greatest gift for me is this space and this time is really helping me connect with my son. So it's also a space of healing relationships for me. So as a parent, I'm very good at providing. I'm a provider. I make sure that bills are paid. I make sure that there's food, everything that my son needs. And I think for many years actually I've defined providing as parenting it really is beginning to strike me that I am not as always as available as I should as present as I should and for me whilst the provision box has been ticked, I automatically tick the parenting box. And I'm realizing in this quiet time that they are not the same. Parenting requires me to be present. Parenting requires me to listen. Parenting requires me to be a lot more available emotionally than I have ever been. And when you are too tired by either overthinking or just the pile of things that you've got to do, especially if you are a single parent or just the parent that spends time with children and you must still work and you must still provide, You almost come home and all you want to do is just to be given a break. You just want to get home and everybody must know what to do. You know, the dishes must be washed. The house must be clean. The children must behave. And they must just do what they are supposed to do. Because, oh my goodness, it is so tiring to provide. And as somebody that has worked also in an industry or in a field where it's about activism, it's about dealing with injustice, I wasn't aware of the amount of emotional fatigue that I bring and pain and hurt that I carry with me, you know, about the work. It looked like passion. It looked like fierceness. But I knew when I changed jobs and I knew when I moved the cities that there was a fatigue and a tiredness that I could never 
really recognize when I was in the heat of things. But I'm realizing another side effect, so to speak of it, which is just being a provider and not a parent. So I am very grateful for this period that I am here with my son. And sometimes we walk to go and buy bread. And in that walk, because my son speaks as much as I do, he's able to tell me so much. And I am experiencing somebody I birthed, somebody I have lived with, almost as if I have met a new person. Because I am a lot more present. And yes, we both retire to our rooms. We both do our own thing. There's meetings that still happen virtually. But oh, the awareness that there is a difference between parenting and being a provider has been a light bulb that has gone on that I am so grateful for. That we can wake up and we can talk about what we're going to have for breakfast. And that while I lie in my bed and the house is silent at about eight or nine at night, he can come into my room, knock and say, I just came to check on you. And that I don't view that as a disturbance. I don't view that as, oh my God, you are disturbing me. It's such a welcome love moment. And some of you may be listening and saying, but these are obvious. I'm grateful if they are obvious to you. They were not to me. I realized just how much I carried the fatigue and the irritation with me each time I got home, each time I was home, I was just too tired. And I just wanted to be left alone. The gift of this moment also is that I don't have the answers. So my overthinking and my planning, which I do, I can think and think and plan, means nothing during this period. We are facing a virus that cannot be seen. We don't know how long we are going to have to stay at home. So we can worry. And yes, some days I worry. When the lockdown was extended by another two weeks, I worried a lot. I didn't sleep well that day. But I am learning that I can only control the present moment. And if I stick to the rituals that I spoke about earlier, I wake up, 
I do my meditation. I clean the house, which I'm finding that it's a great way of exercising the body. I focus on what we're going to eat. I decide what work I want to do. I feel so much at ease. So in other words, when I get out of my head, because in fact, I do not have the answers. I face another day. I focus on what I can control. I break down my day in very small things that I can control. I am present in my life. I am not in my past. I am not in the future. I am here now and today. And I am loving the small things that I am able to do. I am loving the fact that I have started drinking water. And the way I have started it is to encourage some of my friends and my sisters and daughter that every hour we are going to drink 250 milliliters of water. And in our various groups, we are going to send each other messages about how everybody else is doing. I value the walk to the shop to go and buy bread. And when I walk out, unlike the many days where I would drive and sometimes go get to work and get home without even knowing what I have seen because I was so deep in my thoughts. I am so observant. I am looking, I'm seeing the colors of the different houses. I can hear the noises from each house, some are silent. And I get there and I get the bread and I go out and I come home and I'm glad that that is what I did. When I read an article, even if it is for work, I am focused in that article. I am giving my feedback. And that is what I've got control over. And as the days go, I realized how grateful I am. So in the morning, in my silent time, I reflect and I write what I am learning. But at night, I've got a different book that I call my gratitude journal. And every day I am writing what I am grateful for. And each day I do that, I recognize just how grateful I am for the small things, which are big things. And I'm grateful for this period to showing me that in fact my life is peppered with magic. I'm also reading, reading articles 
about the virus educating myself i'm also in solidarity with people some in my own family who may not have as much as i do others who are small business owners who are absolutely not sure how they are going to get through this season and i feel a sense of connectivity when friends when relatives share about some of the challenges that they are facing when i go out in the street and i see homeless people it speaks to me so much deeply about a humanity it speaks so much to me about how the world must transform it's making me so acutely aware of the kind of world that i want to be a part of and what are some of the things that i think post this crisis i want to be a part of in order for this world to be better some of the inequality poverty helplessness violence including violence against women rape of children sometimes that makes me feel so angry and so hopeless but it fortifies my own resolve to do the work that i do and to lend my voice for a world to be much more equal and much more caring for humanity so i don't know what you are going through and i know the reality is that for many people they are in homes and in circumstances where perhaps it's a site for conflict and for some people it is a site of real danger but if you can hear this podcast it means you've got the means to connect to others let's find a way of connecting with each other that is healing that is much more meaningful Let's reach out to each other, encourage each other, help each other. Even if it's just suggesting to your free few friends that all you're going to do is to drink water. If it's agreeing that for a few friends you're going to have a Zoom call or WhatsApp call or whatever technology you've got. If it means that you are going to agree with somebody that you're going to call them and you're just going to pray with each other. Whatever it is that you do, develop rituals 
and spend moments with really being the love firstly that you need yourself but more importantly that someone else out there may need we will get through this at the core of who we are is goodness it is perfection and it is love my prayer is that each and every one of us looks deep within and finds the love that is buried in each and every one of us namaste